Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain, and you are listening to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. Make sure you're checking out all of our shows on our audio-only platform. That's wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe or follow whatever your particular platform requires so that you don't miss a thing, like uh, yesterday's Cutting Room Floor podcast with Jeffrey Benedict or tomorrow's uh, The Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, our morning lineup. Don't want to miss it. We've got a lot to cover in this Wednesday podcast. It is Wednesday. Happy hump day, everyone. Halfway to the weekend. And you know what that means. In the second half of the show, we have the mailbag segment where I answer ride or die crew member questions from Twitter in the second half. Before we get to that, though, we have a lot of news to discuss. Uh, Mike Tomlin spoke to the media on Tuesday. We're going to update the injuries. We're going to talk playoff scenarios of playoffs. Yes playoffs we're going to update defcon levels and then we're going to dive into how regardless of the playoffs how the steelers finish the season is really important so let's start off with the injury update as i said mike tomlin spoke to the media on tuesday earlier than normal normally it's 12 o'clock they bumped it up to 11 rumors were there were not a lot of media members there i don't know it is what it is probably because of the franco harris tribute at acrisure stadium but still uh the steelers Head coach was in front of the media, and he basically said they have a relatively clean bill of health. Uh, Marcus Allen, he was obviously a special teamer, got a lot of attention against Carolina for his uh, unsportsmanlike, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. So uh, he had a biceps injury. Mentioned that after the game. Mike Tomlin mentioned it after the game, said it would need to be evaluated. He had to have surgery on that biceps tendon. He's probably going to land himself on IR. His season's likely done, and his career with Pittsburgh might be done too. So you got to keep that in mind. Other than that, he said that, you know, Miles Jack is still dealing with a groin injury. Terrell Edmonds, who missed last game with a hamstring, they're hoping that he is back and able to practice. All in all, a pretty clean bill of health when you look at this Pittsburgh Steelers team who is still vying for the playoffs. So good news on the injury front. Let's talk about those playoff scenarios. Here's what needs to happen. So for those of you that are out there wondering, like what is, what needs what actually needs to happen for the Steelers to get into the playoffs? Okay, here's what needs to happen. Ready? First thing is the Steelers have to win out. They lose a game, they're done. That's as black and white as it comes, clear as day. Next, in week 17, pay close attention. Steelers need to win. We know that. The Seahawks need to beat the Jets. And the Patriots need to beat the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins are likely to be without Tua. He's in the concussion protocol. Unless he is just being evaluated, we'll see. But if he's not playing, that team looks vastly different. There you have it. So this week, Steelers win. Seahawks beat the Jets. Patriots beat the Dolphins. That's what has to happen this week. The crazy thing is, and I said this on Monday's show, let's say the Seahawks beat the Jets, but the Dolphins somehow find a way to beat the Patriots. The Steelers will be playing on Sunday Night Football, and they would have been eliminated from the playoffs. And as you see, as, as you continue to see these games, the two losses that absolutely were killers for the Steelers this year was Week 4 against the Jets and Week 2 against the Patriots. Two games they probably should have won, yet they didn't, and it's coming back to bite them in the you-know-where. Let's say that happens, though. So Week 17, 
everything falls into place. Steelers beat the Ravens, Seahawks beat the Jets, Patriots beat the Dolphins. Well, what needs to happen in Week 18? Well, we know the Steelers need to win. But they need the Bills, who might not have anything to play for, to beat the Patriots. And they need the Jets to beat the Dolphins. So there you have the actual scenarios. Let's just say it's a long shot. It's a long shot at best. But still, nonetheless, there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. Steelers have to win out. They got to take care of their own business. All right, let's go to DEFCON levels. In case you're new to the show, and maybe you are, DEFCON levels is a part of the United States defense system where basically level one is bad and level five is great. If you're at a DEFCON level five, it means that everything is fine. We are good to go. Live your lives normally. If you are at a one, that is all hell's about to break loose. You might want to figure something out and get out of town. So when we update these levels, we talk about whether they're trending in the right direction or not, as well as thinking about where they are on that overall scale from one to five. So let's talk about the quarterback. I have it as a four for a second straight week. Last week, it was Trubisky in Carolina. This week, the, the, the most previous game, or the most recent game against the Raiders was Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett was not perfect. Kenny Pickett was far from perfect. But Kenny Pickett, and I talked about this on Monday. If you missed that show, go back and listen to it. Kenny Pickett also provided that moment. The moment that we have all been waiting to see. Just a moment. Give me a glimmer of this guy being able to put the team on his back and say, let's go win a football game. And he did it. And he did it in really crazy conditions. Everyone said, is this guy with two small hands and not the strongest arm in the world going to be able to drive the football in Pittsburgh in December with really cold wind swirling? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. So I have the quarterback position staying at a four. Next, the wide receivers and tight ends had him at a five last week. And they stay at a five this week. Yeah, I mean, Pat Fryermuth had a ball that I thought he should have caught. Deontay Johnson, same. But other than that, I I felt like the receivers and the tight ends are really playing good football right now. Deontay Johnson looked fantastic in the first half of the the game against Las Vegas. George Pickens came up big in the second half, no larger than the 14-yard touchdown catch to give the Steelers the lead was the game-winning play. They, They did a great job. Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris as a pass catcher, just fantastic. I have met a five. They're staying at a five. That's a good thing. Next, running backs, they stay at a four. They, I wish the Steelers would have run the ball a little bit better against the Raiders. The Raiders did not have a great run defense, and it just felt like the offensive line could never get that push. But the running backs are doing their job. Najee Harris is starting to you know, round into form. He's getting those tough yards, running hard. I mentioned him in the pass catchers. Utilizing him in the passing game is something I've been calling for almost the entire season. So it's good to see him use there. I have the running backs as a four. The offensive line, they too remain at a four. Their pass protection, they didn't surrender a sack, but they did give up a lot of pressures. The, the pocket was collapsing, and they didn't run the ball as well as I would like. If they would have had you know, one of those dominant run games, I would have Thought about moving them to a five. A four is still a really good number for their DEFCON level, but still that they're just a couple a couple key moments, key games, dominant performances away from going from a four to a five. Let's go to the defensive side, the defensive backs, safeties, cornerbacks. I give them a four. That's up one from last week. Why? Arthur Millette gets an interception. 
Minka Fitzpatrick has an interception. And then obviously we know that the game ceiling interception was Cam Sutton. That Those are the plays. That's the type of play that we all expected from this defense from the moment they stepped on the field, starting to see it now. What about the inside linebackers? They stay at a three. I didn't see anything spectacular here. They they did had they had to run fills well. Uh, they limited Josh Jacobs on the ground. They did their job, but nothing spectacular. Stayed at three. Next, the outside linebackers. Well, the pass rush did better. Alex Highsmith had a sack. They did put pressure on Derek Carr. Have him staying at a three. Staying at a three for the second straight week. Not horrible. Still room for improvement. The defensive line holding Jacobs to the minimal yardage that he had, uh, really putting pressure on Derek Carr. I still have them, though, at a, at a three because I, I want to see them do it next week. This is more like when I gave a three, I even thought about moving them to a four. It was a good performance against the Raiders. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep him at a three for the second straight week. I want to see this offensive, I'm sorry, defensive front shut down this Baltimore Ravens running attack. Do what they did against Carolina. Do what they did versus New Orleans. And then they they might jump up two spots to a five. I just want to see him do it again. So there are three for the second straight week. And then lastly, special teams. I have special teams as a two. They went down one. The special teams is an issue with the Steelers right now. Chris Boswell misses two key field goals. Say what you want about the 51-yarder and Mike Tomlin's decision to go for that field goal. He has to have faith in his kicker. And I guarantee you, either he talked to Boswell himself or he talked to Danny Smith and said, does he have this kick in this weather? And they had to say, yeah, coach, he's got it. And that's why he sent him out there. Misses two, can't leave six points on the board in a game where you can just feel it's going to be low scoring. So there you have the DEFCON levels heading in to week 17 We'll be finished with these pretty soon. It's going to be interesting to see how these shake out. We'll do a final season-ending DEFCON levels once the season is wrapped up. Speaking of the season wrapping up, let's talk about the crux of this podcast, and that is the playoffs. Everyone, myself included, I just did it, talks about playoff scenarios, what that means, what it could mean, what it's going to look like. To me, let's forget about the playoffs for a second. And I I know that's the culminating event for every NFL team. You just want a seat at the dance. You just want a seat at the table. Get yourselves in. That's it. But for this, I just want to make something very clear. I'm not just regardless of the playoffs. It's not important right now for what I'm about to talk about. What's important to me is how the Steelers finish the season. And that's why the title of the podcast is regardless of playoffs, how the Steelers finish is important. It's really important. There's plenty of reasons, and I could probably list a lot more, but I just picked a handful of them in no particular order. And I was sitting down, I'm writing down in my notes, my show notes, I'm like, okay, why is it important for the Steelers to finish strong? Why is it important for the Steelers and how they finish? Why is it so important, the finish of this season, the last two games? Well, to me, it's experience in a lot of ways, but mainly it's an experience and a playoff push. So you talk about the players. Maybe it's Miles Jack. He hasn't been to the playoffs that much since he's been when he was at Jacksonville. Yeah, he's been there. He he was the one in 2017 came up and beat the Steelers. They went to the AFC Championship game. He's been there, but in Pittsburgh, he's never been in a, in a playoff atmosphere with the Steelers. You can talk about the very young offense. These young players, 
Well, you know, think about the rookies. They're experiencing this end of the NFL season, the rush, the, the sprint to the finish. Maybe, you know, you're trying to scoreboard watch the best you can. It, they're experiencing this for the first time. The players that were here last year, you're talking about the rookie class from last season, Dan Moore, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, you know the names. Those players experienced the playoffs when they went to Kansas City and lost in the wild card round. But this is experience in a playoff atmosphere. Playoff atmosphere was there last Saturday night. That's good. That's a big thing. Another reason. These last two games are against AFC North opponents. AFC North opponents the Steelers have not beaten yet this season. So Kenny Pickett, just focus on him for a second. He only played a handful of snaps against Baltimore in Week 14. He gets concussed, and he's out. So he's going to get a chance to actually go into Baltimore for the first time. Never played at M&T Bank Stadium. And you have then you host the Browns. The last time the Steelers played the Browns was on Thursday Night Football back in Week 3. And that's been, that's been a long time ago. And that team, meaning the Browns, they look mighty different with Deshaun Watson, a quarterback. They've been eliminated from the playoffs. But still, you want to win those games. If they can win those final two games, they finish 3-3 three and three in the AFC North. You don't want to have a losing record in your own division. That's not, a, that's not a good thing. But the last two games, winning those two games against AFC North opponents, regardless of the playoffs, is big. And how about, let's just say that the things go south. Maybe the Steelers beat Baltimore, but before kickoff, they find out they're already eliminated. Could happen. Some might say it's even likely. What did the, how do the Steelers handle that? Do they start, you know, looking ahead a little bit? Are they able to, <clears throat> excuse me, are they able to focus on the task at hand? Like, that's a big question. That's a big question that they're going to have to answer. I want to see it. I want to see it. That's a, the finish here is important. The coaching staff, Mike Tomlin's experienced this before multiple times, but there's a lot of coaches that haven't. There's a lot of coaches that haven't with the Steelers, whether it's Brian Flores, Terrell Lawson as the defensive coordinator. They've never experienced that. Think about all the new coaches that are coming in. Pat Meyer along the offensive line. You, know, you talk about some of these coaches that are very, still very young and green in terms of coaching experience. This is experience for them too. And then playing experience for these players. Every single player has now experienced being 2-6 and six and finding a way to claw their way back to 7-8. and eight. And that, that is pretty remarkable when you think about it. Two and six to seven and eight with two games left, and you have a shot. That's going to be something they can always go back to. No matter how well this season finishes, next year, if they start slow, next year, if they hit a lull, they'll be able to go back and think about 2022, and they'll be able to glean from that experience. Say, you know, we've been here before, we've done this, we know how to take care of business, we just have to go out and do it. That's one of the play that when I say playing experience, that's what I'm talking about. Being able to have these experiences. Think about some of the teams, the Denver Broncos, the Indianapolis Colts, the Houston Texans, and just the AFC. They've been out of it. They've been out of it. They've been knocked out. So exactly what are they going to be able to glean from this season other than just physical repetitions on the field? Something to consider. And last but certainly not least of why the Steelers' finish is important is can they finish strong? Again, regardless of the playoffs, can they finish the regular season strong? 
And when I say finish strong, I'm not talking about, hey, they put good effort out there. No, I'm talking about can they go out there and win two games? Can they go out there and beat the Ravens on the road? Very tough place to play, tough place to win. Places where the last few times the Steelers have won there has been essentially because Ben Roethlisberger was able to will their way to victory. Let's be honest. Can they go in there and win? And then can they come back to Pittsburgh against Cleveland, of all teams? And even if their playoff hopes have been dashed, they've been extinguished, even if that's the case, can they finish strong? Can they go out there and beat the Browns in what could be a meaningless game? That's going to be something to watch, and I hope they do, because the way that the Steelers finish this season I said it, it's in the title, and I stand by it, is extremely important to me. Regardless of the playoffs, how the Steelers finish is very, very important. All right, folks, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back after the break, we're going to have our mailbag segment. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Steeler fans, it is Wednesday, the second half. That means it's time for the mailbag. You all, the Ride or Die crew, did not disappoint. You never do. You never do. In case you didn't know how to get your question answered, it's really simple. You have to go onto Twitter. If you follow me or not, doesn't matter. Find my account, J Hartman. That's the letter J H A R T M A N underscore P I T. And on Tuesday morning, I put out a question and I use a GIF and I just say, hey, time for questions. All you got to do is reply to that tweet and I will answer your question in the mailbag segment. Let's get this show on the road. Brian Haynes asked several questions. Here we go. First one from Brian. Who is your Mount Rushmore of Pittsburgh Steelers? Two offensive, two defensive, and two coaches. Okay. Mount Rushmore. Let's go two offensive. This is going to be really tough. I'm going to go... Maybe it's just recent stuff, you know, going on with the Steelers. I'm going to go Franco Harris and Ben Roethlisberger. I'm going to try to keep some things modern. And then on defense, I'm going to go Mean Joe Green. And I'll I'll shock you here, and I will go Troy Polamalu. And the coaches, I'll go with Chuck Knoll and Cower Power. Put Bill Cower up there at the chin, you know, as they would say back in Western Pennsylvania. So good question. That's tough because you have so many different so many different styles, so many different generations, great players all of them. That's where I'm going to go. Next question from Brian. Against the Ravens, against the Ravens only, what is your favorite game? I have to be honest that one of my favorite games that's not in the playoffs, the playoff game, the AFC Championship game in in 2008 obviously was just fantastic. Uh but the, my favorite regular season game might have been the game, and this is probably because of the company I was with. I was watching with my friend Chris. He's the I've spoken about Chris multiple times. He was my friend that passed away of ALS. It was the Sunday night game. I wish I remembered what year it was. It was a six to three type game. That was when Joe Flacco drops back to pass. Troy Polamalu comes off the edge. Tomahawk chops the arm. Balls loose. It was in Baltimore. Recovered. Steelers are struggling to score. Uh, ben eventually scrambles and finds Santonio Holmes for the game-winning touchdown. That's one that always sticks out in my memory. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. 
from Brian. What do you think our record will be if TJ? Uh, what do you think the Steelers' record would be if TJ didn't get hurt? Well, that's going to be tough. I think they would at least have found a way to win a couple of those games, but you just don't know. I really don't like playing that game. Next one is a on a scale from one to Jordan Berry. How much do you hate the decision to flex the Steelers to Sunday Night Football? You know what, Brian? I'm going to be honest. I always bemoan the mud, the primetime game because it means that Jeff has to stay up later. You know, the funny thing is, though, I've, through communicating with the people that listen to my podcast, that follow my writing, follow behind the steel curtain in every which way possible, I've come to realize that everyone is not like me where that has the NFL Sunday ticket and can watch all the games. And I found that, you know, because I do get to watch those, it's kind of selfish for me to say that there's a lot of people out there that never get to see the Steelers if they're not on primetime. And that includes people in other countries. So in that regard, I'm not upset about them flexing it to primetime. Yeah, it's awful that I do have to stay up past 1 o'clock, but it is what it is. I would, I, I love the fact that everyone's going to get to see this game, whether they're in the playoff hunt or not. Two more from Brian. Do you ever go back and rewatch games from the past? I, I wish I had time to. I used to go back in the offseason. Sometimes I'll write an article uh, about a specific game, whether it's a letter from the editor, and I'll go back and find the game on YouTube, and I'll watch the majority of it or something like that. But no, I, I typically don't have time for that. And then the last one, Brian asked last one, and I only asked so many because I've missed a few weeks, who would make a bigger impact from the start of the season, Joe Hayden or Gravedigger a la Javon Hargrave? I'm going to say it's it's Hargrave. I think it would absolutely be Hargrave. The, the the issues with the run defense, the depth along the defensive front would be much, much needed and much welcome. Good questions, Brian. Heath Davis asked several. There we go. What is up with Dan Moore Jr. being a Jekyll and Hyde player? Do you think he can pull it all together, or is he not the left tackle of the future? I'm not sold on him being the left tackle of the future. He's a young guy, fourth-round draft pick. I think expecting a certain level of consistency with him is unfair to him. This guy is not a first-round pick, and it's only his second season. I feel like he has taken some big strides forward this year. The question is, did the Steelers feel like they're patient enough to wait? I don't know if I am, but that's their decision, not mine. Next one from Heath. You get to draft one player from each of the following movies to add depth to the Steelers. Who do you draft and why? The replacements, no one, because I don't like that movie. Uh, Varsity Blues. Give uh, Give me Tweeter. Put him in the slot. I feel like he's a better Gunnar Olszewski and a better Steven Sims. Uh, the water boy, uh, give me Bobby Boucher, inside linebacker. He'll be fine. The longest yard, um, I don't know. You're talking about the remake. You're talking about the original. Any given Sunday, believe it or not, I haven't even seen the movie that much. Uh, I've seen it, but I don't know the names of the players like I do some of these other movies. So there you go. Good question, though. Heath also asked, do you think we will ever see a 500-yard Big Ben-esque type game out of Kenny Pickett or do you think he is more of an efficient game manager quarterback I think that you know we as Steeler fans didn't see the 500 yard Big Ben games until they the organization decided they wanted to put more on Roethlisberger's plate I'm going to be honest I've always felt and throughout all of Ben Roethlisberger's heyday that his best football was played when he had a good running game to go with him throwing the ball when the Steelers had to rely on Big Ben to make all the throws is when things usually didn't pan out. It didn't equate to Super Bowls. So if if I'm answering your question, if I say no, I don't think I'll see a 500-yard game from Kenny Pickett, I don't think that's a knock on Kenny Pickett. 
if the Steelers' approach is to be more balanced, to have a better running game, and not require your quarterback to throw 500 yards, I think that'll lead to more success. All right, Heath, last question. You are supposed to play your best ball at the end of the season. Are the Steelers playing their best ball right now? I think that it's safe to say that they are. I think they've been playing their best ball since the bye week in week nine. And yeah, they've had some losses in there. A tough one to Cincinnati, an even tougher one to Baltimore. But other than that, yeah, I think they are absolutely playing their best ball. Are they a team that if they get in, someone's going to say, well, you don't want to play that team? No, I don't think so. But I think they are playing their best football at the right time. Dibs 24 said, being Ravens week, name your favorite moment from this rivalry. For me, it's seeing Ed Reed get lit up by James Harrison on a punt return or Hines blocking him. Do you remember him punching Hines in the gut after a catch over the middle? I don't remember that Hines punch. If you have a video, Dibs, send it to me. I'd love to watch it. But my favorite moment in this rivalry, there's been so many of them. Uh, I'm going to have to go with that same game where Ed Reed got lit up by Harrison. That was a Monday night game. Ben Roethlisberger threw five touchdowns. I don't know if he threw five, or they scored five touchdowns in the first half, led 35 to maybe three. That was a shellacking. There are not a lot of blowouts in this rivalry, but that was one of them, and I was able to sit back and watch that game stress-free. I loved it. Loved every second of it. Good question, though. Corey Eckenroth asked, last week I asked about two offseason moves. One of yours was Fire Canada. Pick one to replace him. Frank Wright, Nathaniel Hackett are obvious candidates. Lure uh, Kellen Moore away from Dallas. How about Pittsburgh native Joe Moorhead, former PSU Penn State offensive coordinator, current Akron head coach? I don't know how the Steelers are going to want to approach this. You think about ever since the post-Todd Haley era, you know, you, they hire Randy Feetner just to appease, appease Roethlisberger. Then they, they, they get rid of Feetner. They bring in Canada. I think the reasoning behind Canada was that they want to have more of a college-style offense, quarterback mobility, RPOs, all that stuff. And that just hasn't panned out. I don't think it's the, the scheme as much as it, you know, I don't think it's the fact like RPOs. It's the fact that Canada struggles to make some of those calls. Um, I, I don't really know a lot of these candidates very well. Frank Reich has had a good – he has a good background as a coordinator, not so much as a head coach. Sure, we'll go with that. David J. Briggs says, Hey, Jeff, can we all agree that Malik Willis having wings with Mike Tomlin is the closest he got to Steelers brass, and that's a very good thing. If people think our offense is still atrocious, just look over at Tennessee. Hashtag woof. It always reminds me of uh, of Home Alone. Budge, your girlfriend. Woof. So uh, for me... I haven't watched Malik Willis in Tennessee. I I honestly haven't. I know they're struggling. The Tennessee Titans have lost five games in a row, and a lot of people are maybe seeing now what all the NFL teams saw when they passed on Malik Willis, including the Steelers as they chose Kenny Pickett. I don't think the Steelers are looking back and regretting their decision. If you listen to what Mike Tomlin said on Tuesday about Kenny Pickett and how the it factor, he said that's an intangible quality that we as the Steelers, because we saw him every single day for so long, it almost became tangible. It wasn't just something that you can't see. It's something that you actually could. So it was pretty interesting the way he talked. I don't think the Steelers regretted it at all, but good question. Sleepy T22, what was your favorite gift you received and gave for Christmas? So I'm going to be honest with you. My Christmas is not complete. So uh, my, my family, obviously, my parents still live in Wheeling. My brother lives in Richmond. Uh, I have not seen them yet. So uh, I we saw I saw my 
my wife's family. I got a lot of I got a lot of gift cards. I'm trying to get a new driver uh, before the next golf season starts up, so I'll be using those. Those are great gifts. But my Christmas hasn't concluded. This weekend we're gonna have everyone in. And people talk about Sunday night game. Hey, the one benefit of the Sunday night game is you get all day Sunday. In our area, it's going to be beautiful on Sunday. I'm probably going golfing. And so I'm going to at least go out and catch nine, play some play some golf with my dad, and get my kids out there. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, but my favorite gift that I gave for Christmas, um, probably – Shoot, anything I get my kids, I just enjoy watching them be happy when they get stuff that they really, really wanted. So that uh, they got a a lot of golf stuff, golf balls, tees, uh, golf hat, golf outfits. Girls love their outfits when they go golfing. Uh, got them like a push cart and stuff for their golf bags. So yeah, that's probably the good way to answer that one. Diego Fernandez says, since we shut down the best running back on football this season in the last game, could we expect similar outcome against the Ravens? Is our run defense finally trustworthy? Cheers from Finland. Wow, the ride or die crew has reached Finland. That's pretty crazy when you think about it. To answer your question, I'm not sure it's trustworthy. If they can do it against the last two teams they play, Baltimore, Cleveland, shut down the Ravens running game, shut down Nick Chubb, and... um. Oh my gosh, Kareem Hunt. There you go. And then I'm I'm gonna go into the offseason thinking maybe they are trustworthy. But no, I, I still have PTSD, not to make fun of anyone that or poke fun at anything regarding anyone that does have post-traumatic stress disorder, but I still have memories of last season when they couldn't stop the run. I have memories of, you know, earlier this season when they couldn't stop the run. So not trustworthy to me just yet. Vinny. He asks, I want to know if you agree or not. Jalen Warren kind of reminds me of a young Austin Eckler when he shared the backfield with Melvin Gordon. That is a really good comparison. Now, I don't know if Austin Eckler is great in blitz pickup. Jalen Warren is. But I know that Jalen Warren has great hands out of the backfield. He definitely has good vision. He's a lower to the ground, smaller running back. That's a great comp. I'm going to run with that, just so you know. Austin Eckler and Jalen Warren. Matt Sable says, if Miami wins earlier in the day and the Steelers are eliminated from the playoffs before the game kicks off, does that change the strategy or personnel decisions? I don't know if it changes anything for the Steelers. They're going to be ready for the game. You might see it maybe, maybe, if that game happens, you know, they play in Baltimore after that week, do they shut somebody down? For instance, does a TJ Watt, if he's still really banged up, do they just put him on injured reserve ending his season early? That's something that might happen, but I don't think for this game that it impacts them at all. Jeff Coons, my buddy Jeff from the Great White North, he spells his name incorrectly, but still it's fine. He said, hi, Jeff, a simple one. The Steelers lost a close one to the Ravens earlier this year. What one correction needs to be made to have a better result this time around? Well, two things. You said one, I'm giving you two. Number one, don't th- don't throw three interceptions. That's number one. The second thing, and it seems obvious, is they, they have to slow down the run. You, you can't allow the, the Ravens to rush for over 200 yards. Whether Lamar Jackson is the quarterback or not doesn't matter. So there you go. IJR asks, how important is winning the last two games in regards to the growth of the team heading into the next year, whether they are in the playoffs or not? I hope you are happy, IJR. I actually previewed this. And you know what? I said, yeah, I could do an entire show on this. So the whole first half, that was for you, buddy. Hope you listened and you got something out of that. All right. Eric uh, asks, hey, Jeff, happy holidays. Happy holidays to you too, Eric. Not sure if you heard what Steve Smith had to say about Matt Canada's offense call, call playing calling. It's Saturday-ish 
pretty much too basic. If you did, do you agree with him? I like some points he made. If not, just wishing BTSE staff and families a happy new year. Hashtag Rider Dockery. Thank you, Eric. Wishing you a happy new year as well. I did see Steve Smith's comments. I heard them on Saturday night after the Steelers win, and I heard him double down on the Pat McAfee show as well. So for me, I, I hey, it's interesting to see someone outside of Pittsburgh, someone that really has no ties to Pittsburgh and Steve Smith, say that stuff. It's the first national criticism that has been made that I've seen. So, hey, if it means that Matt Canada get gets tossed after this, so be it. And uh, let's go ELH says, is it a disadvantage for the Steelers when Lamar is out? I think that it's one of those where, I mean, if Lamar Jackson's in there, you have more threat of a pass, and I think the Ravens are more likely to lean on the pass as well. So when you don't have him in there with Huntley or anyone else, Anthony Brown, uh, I think it's one of those situations where you look at it and say, wow, they're going to run, 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 and that doesn't, that doesn't bode well for the Steelers. So I could see where you could see that as a disadvantage. All right, folks. Fantastic questions from the mailbag. As always, I appreciate every one of you. Friday, you know what's coming up. We're going to have keys to victory. We're going to have DraftKings Sportsbook parlays. We're going to be getting really close with those stupid things. Also, we have NFL picks, heart-to-heart, you name it. It's all going to be on the show on Friday, so make sure you stay tuned to that. In the meantime, folks, you know out here, be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Here's you.